Is that the worst par three score in the history of PGA Tour? That's that's a pro losing their mind. Do you get put on blast like way too hard? So the, the PGA Tour's post was a little aggressive. It was it was actually way aggressive. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Shank Happens. We got Travis from PGA Memes and Ryan from uh, Coach Rusty. That's all the way back in Orlando, Florida. He was in the the sun. Sunny California area there for like uh, a four-day weekend or so. Yeah, I was there for like five five days. I was uh, in uh, Reno and uh, Truckee, so bouncing back and forth between Nevada and California. Pretty. That's pretty a huge little... trek, man. I mean, from yeah, from, from yeah. So, yeah, Florida all the way to Northern California. So, yeah, dude, I'm I'm stuck. I, I followed along your journey online. I'm stoked to hear more about that, and we're gonna dive that in, dive into that in the pod. Um, played a lot of golf, went to a, a dope tournament and just a lot of stuff going on. But dude, since you and I last fired up the podcast, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the world of golf that we're just going to jump right into, including the Olympics, which when you and I talked to leading up, but man, I, I watching the Olympics, uh, golf, like it just, I don't know, man, it hit different for sure than, yeah. than what it did in 2016. And I know you were really into it. <clears throat> you yeah. posted a couple of times that you pretty much stayed up through the entire night, but mm-hmm. what's your like immediate takeaway from watching Olympic golf? Fucking awesome. I mean, dude, <laughs> like part by French, but fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I, I actually am really shocked at how much I, I did enjoy watching it. And the fact that it wasn't Tokyo and the fact that I'm already a night owl, it was just so perfect. Like, you know, I, I said in a, in a pod two weeks ago that I bought YouTube TV and I, I think I fully got my money's worth already. Like every night I've been watching, I've, it's not just golf. Like I've been watching everything on the Olympics. And I, I, I remember as a kid, like always being super excited to watch the Olympics. And, you know, out of my family members, I think I was always the one that was most interested in that because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that's always very impressed by, um, people that are the best in the world at what they do. Right. And I think that kind of leads into like why, like I loved golf trick shots. It was like, because I think it looked at it as my best opportunity to be the best in the world at something, you know, and it, that might not even be the case. And, but you know, I mean, there's a couple of very talented people out there that do golf trick shots now, but I just love that idea. I would like, give you the gold medal right now. Oh, thanks. Actually. That's a lot. That means a lot. It means a lot. Yeah. Maybe we'll have yeah. to, I mean, I did, I did uh tie Europe in the world golf tricks, trick shot cup in Paris. So, you know, I think I represented our country great there you, you do man. But, uh, but yeah but yeah I, I just i just love that that facet of it and you know that now that golf's in the mix um man it was so cool it, it really was i i watched more golf in four days than i think i ever have i mean i almost watched i probably watch more than i would do when i'm watching the masters and you know the masters is so accessible with all the different ways you can stream it and um they do a great job broadcasting i think um but yeah, man, I, I stayed up late as shit and watched a ton of golf and I, I loved it, man. It was awesome. Did you, yeah, did I mean, you dude, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, dude, I, I was watching, I didn't watch every round, but I watched, um, a ton and I was just so stoked for Xander. Uh, great guy all around love, uh, him and his caddy, just good dudes. They've been together through golf a long time coming up in the sport. And so it was exciting to see them kind of finally, reached the mountaintop. I mean, they've won some tournaments, but they've been close in some of the bigger majors to see them win um, gold. And with Xander's dad being there in the history there, and you know, it was just amazing story. And yeah. to see, to see like how it finished up to below what Xander pulled off. I mean, obviously Xander didn't just have 
you know, he didn't run away with it. He had no, there some dramatics no. there at the end on 18 to make that par was just incredible with all the pressure there. Um, Rory Sabatini, though, holy shit. I mean, yeah, how cool is that, that guy? I thought that was I mean, pretty badass. Yeah, I dude. I mean, Rory, cool. like, plays he plays good golf. I mean, he's he's there in the leaderboard a lot in the PGA Tour. He, it's been a minute since he's won, but holy shit. I mean, I watched his, I watched the first like 13, 14 holes. Um, of Rory's round, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, the guy was just absolutely yeah. on, fire. on fire. Seeing him make eagle in that par four, just zip back into the cup. Uh, it was some amazing golf to watch, mm-hmm. and it, he honestly could have been going gone lower too. He had some missed putts that were like burning edges. I mean, talk about if you want to watch a, a round of golf where someone's just absolutely dialed in, it was Rory Sabatini in the final round of the Olympics, and you know, yeah. there's a little bit of uh. I guess you could say controversy around, you know, the fact he's playing for Slovakia, like it's, he, you know, he's from, isn't he from like South Africa? And so it's, there's, there's some like controversy around that, but you know, when you read into it and understand what's going on, it it's fair. It makes sense. And it's great for the country. I think there's already been a big boost in, in golf and just awareness and, you know, him placing and getting a medal is amazing. So Dude, hats off to him. Incredible finish. And then beyond that, dude, the third place race was incredible. Having the playoffs. I some really want to dive into man. that. I want to dive into that for sure. We might uh I don't I was I was gonna make a buy or sell on that, but like Yeah, dude. we could we yeah, we could go into that. But I mean, dude, I, I just love uh, the the names were huge. And and CT Pan is a stud. I, I did an interview with him last year when he was defending his title in Harbor Town. Him and his wife are just awesome. His wife's always on the bag. She was on the bag for him over in Tokyo. And it was cool to see him win, you know, the bronze. You wanted to see, like, Hideki come come across and win something just in his home country. You, got, you had to imagine the pressure was enormous yeah. on him. Maybe, maybe less uh, than it would have been if he hadn't won the Masters because that was such a big win for him and for his country. But what a freaking finish. And, and – I, I, the last thing I'll say real quick is this before we kind of dive into it further. Rory, you know, went into the Olympics with some words that were unfortunate. I'm sure there were people in his country that were disappointed in what he had to say about representing Ireland and going over and playing in the Olympics, maybe even like the Olympics themselves and just golf fans in general. I thought it was a little distasteful. It's like, why are you going if uh, that's how you feel? Cause I know Shane Lowry was really proud to go and represent Ireland and go play and, Sure, there was other guys from Ireland that would have felt the same way or more, but you know he changed his tune. He went over there and kind of saw what it was all about. You saw quotes like that from Justin Thomas, um, just about how cool it was to represent your country when you went to the Olympic Village and got to see all the other athletes and see how hard they work. And yeah, you know, it, I think it's just really kind of a life changing experience. And I hope what that means is when 2024 rolls around, I really hope that you see other. Uh, athlete, uh, other golfers across the world really want to step up and represent their countries and take it seriously and really fight for, you know, a medal. Um, right. Because I, I think it was almost like 2016 was almost like, eh, you know, let's go and just play. And it was kind of like a charity event feel like it was kind of not even a big deal. No one really cared, but you saw yeah. how proud Justin Rose was of winning the gold medal. You saw how proud Matt Kuchar and Hendrick Stinson were. Um, this time around, it was just 10 times more. And I I hope that it just continues to grow because it was cool as hell. I fucking loved it. 
so fucking sick. Like, and you did see that quote from Rory afterwards. He said, I've never fought so hard for third place in my life. And, and that's, that's the other aspect I really, really loved about it was like, you know, you know, if, if you're not going to get gold, but there's still, there's still silver, there's still bronze. And, and like, these guys are fighting so hard regardless of first place, which is just awesome. Like, I understand that there might be that similar aspect you know, on tour, like, hey, second place is still a pretty good fucking paycheck, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. But it definitely doesn't mean nearly as much to you as I think a medal would, at least in, in my position. So, but yeah, man, I mean, dude, it was it was so eventful. Um, that final round, watching Xander kind of fumble a little bit, um, hit his tee shot right on 18, had to uh, kind of punch out and back into the fairway, and then he stuck it, and then probably had, what, like four or five feet left? Yeah. And that still was a scary putt. Oh my gosh. I mean, we've seen yeah. some of the best players in the world miss putts like that all the time. So, I mean, it, and Hideki, you know, uh, missed a few putts of that length, uh, in that, in that final round. I, I was, I was watching and I, I remember we made some picks. I picked Rory and Hideki. I didn't say which Rory though. I just said Rory. So uh, <laughs> I made, I made that meme of the little sword. Yeah. That yeah, said, yeah. Hey, Rory won the who won the who won the silver medal? Rory, and then I pulled out the sword, and it says Sabatini. Yeah, Sabatini. No one ever would have guessed ever. Yeah, um, but you know, Hideki missed. Um, I think it was a par putt, and just got the meanest, like most ominous fucking groan from all the patrons that were there that are all Japanese and no. I mean, you could hear it so loud. And the fact that it was so loud, knowing that there were so few people there was, oh gosh, it was, it was so much in the moment, like the moment that happened, I knew that Hideki was kind of going to be, you know, in, in a bad spot mentally going throughout the rest of the round. So yeah, that, that was, that was tough to see. I mean, dude, it was, it was, I couldn't imagine you know, being in a position where you're, you're like the only player in contention from your country and you, you start missing putts. And especially since you're the reigning masters champion and, oh my gosh, it was just brutal, but he did pull his way into that, uh, seven man playoff, which let's talk about that, dude. Yeah. Like what, what are your thoughts? First of all, dude, it was just awesome, man. Cause like <clears throat> you had a mix of just some big names. And I think when they got to that point, you really realize what you're playing for. You know, yeah. and you're right. I mean, you never try so hard to, for third place. I mean, I feel like in a tournament, obviously you're right. Like you said, like third place could mean a lot of money, but at the same time, you're just like, okay, I'm not going to win. And those guys are playing for tro- like, especially the great players, which there were some great players in that playoff play for trophies. Yeah. So they're just like, all right, let me just get out of here. Go to the next tournament. But dude, it was incredible. And CT Pan, man, to pull it off, like to come through that, was just freaking he was sick, the first man. guy to to tee off in the uh, playoff as well, wasn't he? Uh-huh. I think he was. He, I think he was the. And I was just like thinking to myself, I'm like, shit, man. Like, could you imagine? I like you. I don't think I've ever seen. I think you've seen like maybe like three, four, five guy playoffs on PJ Tour, but like seven dudes. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I, uh, I mean, never. personally, personally, I haven't. I'm I'm sure maybe something like that has happened before, but dude, it was. It was just insane looking at like, you know, you know what it kind of reminded me of is like a tournament where, you know, it's like a fun tournament that that you and your boys do, like maybe a club championship or something like that you could compare it to. And just like the the feeling of like 
there's a playoff and everybody's going up to the tee box and then everyone else is in golf carts around the green or something like that. But it was just yeah. like the, mo- the most stacked dudes on the, on, you know, in the lineup are all kind of just around the team. It was just kind of like, I don't know. There was definitely a sense of competitive, but competitiveness, but it was also like, all right, here's the boys. Like, let's go see. You can get this, yeah. this medal. I don't know. It just, it just looked wild. And I think if there were some really great photographers, on on that course i didn't really see any photos from it but i i feel like there could have been some amazing like historical snapshots taken from that i mean you have some of the best players in the world all standing on the same tee box getting ready yeah. to battle for for a bronze medal like it, it was, that's a pretty damn cool moment and i my heart was racing i was like holy shit dude this is crazy colin morikawa looked stoic i was i was pulling for him but um yeah man it, it was just gnarly so yeah cd pan to come out on top of of that group of guys is yeah. insanely impressive yeah it's pretty epic dude we'll have to maybe get him on the pod here in the next couple of weeks i i reached out and congratulated him um i don't have a direct line to xander but him and his caddy or his caddy and i have each other's numbers we texted a little bit that morning they were still celebrating uh austin just good dude probably get him on too i just want to talk through some of these guys with these guys to see what the experience was like even from the caddy's perspective going over there and playing yeah. in the olympics you know yeah so, i um on the on the on the female side of things, obviously, congrats to Nelly Corda, USA sweep. Let's go, baby. But absolutely uh, great buddy of mine is on the bag for uh Lydia Co. It's actually uh my girlfriend's uh friend and co-worker. Um it's her husband. And um he was recently added to Lydia Co.'s bag probably about two, three months ago. Yeah. And um which is a great timing because guess what? You're going to Tokyo, man. That I mean, yeah, she's the only golfer. Well, he, he wasn't there in 2016, but she's the only golfer, both in the men and women's side, that has two medals. She won the silver, yeah. um, and then she's won the bronze. So um, she's going to win the gold too. I mean, obviously, young Lydia Ko was just on a tear, winning tons of championships, but her game is still there. Um, Nelly Corda, dude, she's she's not going anywhere though, man. That girl is a beast. Uh, won her first major championship this year, wins gold. Really, I mean, obviously it came down the stretch and was a little tight there at the end, but really was just dominating this tournament. Yeah. Just played she's lights out. I mean, she's just amazing. So um, we definitely, I want to get Nelly on here to talk through that whole experience too. She's just a class act and total patriot, loves her country. So it's good to see someone like that go out on top and, and win. So. All around, dude, it was amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the turnout. I'm happy there was a USA sweep. I mean, obviously for us being uh, Americans, that's definitely uh, good to see. But like yep. I said, I, I hope it really like you know you have guys like DJ that turned it down this last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like Kepka got the offer. He would have probably turned it down. I, I mean, not, yeah. not trying to like, throw stuff out there that's that didn't happen, but I just think that that's probably what would have been the case. And so. I hope that people see this now and they're like, all right, this is a, a bigger deal. This is bigger than me. Golf wants this and needs this. Like I'm going to go and I'm going to represent my country and uh, go from there. But I, I, the one thing I want to say is thank God Rory Sabatini did not win the gold medal. Can you imagine that uh, Rory Sabatini is the gold medal finalist? Like, I hate to say that because I, I know he's, a, I, he's actually a good dude and you know, he fought hard and played the round of his life on that final round. But I mean, in real talk though, I mean, can you imagine he's yeah. the gold medal like guy? Like, I just think that'd be kind of like, yeah, would it be bad thing. for golf? I mean, right. Right. That's the question you have to, that's the right question. Um, you know, obviously what's, what's good, what's bad for golf. And you know, that would kind of put the nail on the coffin 
uh, I think, and kind of make it seem like, okay, this is why we don't really want to watch the Olympics because it feels like watching one of those one-off tournaments or, you know, one of those low rated tournaments, um, that no one really cares about because the field isn't, isn't stacked. So, but the fact is that the field was still pretty stacked, you know, and, and, um, you know, Xander comes out on top and, and thank God. I mean, even if it wasn't America, like even if it wasn't USA, like Rory, please do something, you know, like, no, I know that's what what you need. You really, you really needed that for Olympic golf and, um, not just for, just for golf, but for Olympic golf and, yeah, man. Either way, next year it's gonna be great. I think it's Paris, right? Paris, twenty twenty four. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, I wonder where they'll play. Um, it'd be cool if they did like Lake Off National where they had the Ryder Cup. That'd be kind of cool. But um, yeah, yeah. It's no, good man. No, it was good. It's good that you know the guys are back. They flew directly back to play in Memphis at the WGC um, last year. They're playing there. They had an alternative tournament which you were able to go and attend to. So. Let's head to the first tee real quick. And why don't you walk through a little bit about your experience? I know you you, you flew out there. We alluded to earlier in the show, but um, you got to go to the tournament. You got to play some golf while you're out there with some some of the boys. Um, talking about Barracuda, I mean Barracuda Championship is got to be like one of the more underrated events. Like it's it's a, such a dope course. You have a strong field, and I love Stableford format. I, I always yeah. like. I think it's cool. It's always like you see the scores and you kind of like wig out for a second. And then yeah, you just yeah. remember like, oh, dude, this is wild. And I mean, some of the guys were playing amazing golf, man, going extremely low. Yeah. So they played old Greenwood. Um, so they, they moved it there this year. Um, and that course looked amazing. Looks unreal. Uh, trying to build a relationship with them so we can get out there and go play it, which would be awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I flew out there. Um, haven't really been in the area ever. So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, we got into Reno, spent a couple of days there. Um, we were doing some clinics for the first tee that the Barracuda championship was putting on. So it was great. I got to do some stuff with like JJ Henry, Rafa Campos, uh, Chase Seifert, Seifert, I think is how you say his last name. All great dudes. Um, MJ, uh, I forget MJ's last name guy from South Africa. I'm terrible with names, but either way, all great dudes on the, on the tour, you know, obviously not huge household names, but guys that are, you know, seriously, seriously talented. And you, and I got to see that firsthand um, doing these clinics. I was kind of emceeing it. And then at the end doing a little trick shot show and it was really cool. Um, and it, it was obviously, a really good opportunity for me to kind of interact with kids and, and help grow the game a little bit. And I think the Barracuda did a really great job of putting on those couple of little events leading up to the, uh, to the tournament. So it was, it was a really, really great time. And, you know, we went over to Truckee and had a cabin there for a few days. Beautiful. I mean, dude, I was, I was blown away. Uh, honestly, I, 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 I've seen, you know, Tahoe area on, on the internet and TV and shit all the time. And, you yeah. know, that's one thing, but being there was actually really cool. Um, but yeah, went over to uh, Old Greenwood on Friday. That was the only day we got to go to the tournament, and um, you know, it, it was it was awesome. It was a really really cool environment. The course looked gorgeous. Unfortunately, there was like a lot of smoke from uh, a forest fire that was like a hundred miles away that blew in. And um, well, you guys were seeing smoke from that that far away. Oh, dude, it was insane. I mean, we woke up in the morning and it looked like it was snowing outside, but it was ash. It was insane. Wow. Yeah, so the, the air quality was was really, really bad. They were advising people to stay inside. And meanwhile, you've got a PGA Tour tournament going on. And I felt so bad for those dudes because walking out there in that for, I think they had three straight days of smoke. And, wow. Um, 
yeah, we played golf in it and dude, my chest was killing me. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy, but, um, nevertheless, like these guys stuck it out and played some really great golf. I, I think the Stableford format is insanely awesome. I mean, I think it forces a little bit of a different style of golf, right? You know, you're, you're trying to go low and you're, you're, you're playing a little bit more aggressive than I feel like you normally would. And yeah. You know, it, it is an alternative event. Um, you know, the field isn't as huge, but it is still part of the FedEx Cup race. And, you know, I mean, to, to see that, I think, was pretty cool. You got guys going for greens. You got guys, you know, trying to hole out from any possible place they could. And I thought yeah. it was awesome. There's some extremely low scores out there and tons of birdies. And it was it was cool to watch. It was one of those tournaments where, you know, we've talked about it in the past on podcasts where it's like, you know, do you want to see guys go out and grind or do you want to go see some guys make birdies? And I think in certain situations you do want to see them grind, but sometimes it's fun to have a tournament where they're just tearing it up. But I would love for those tournaments to all be stable for formats, right? Because yeah, that's when you're rewarded for that. So yeah, it was it was really cool. And they had a pretty good field too. I mean, it wasn't really terrible. I mean, you had Gary Woodland, you had Joel Damon. Um oh shit. I forgot to tell you this. Um so funny. So I'm sitting behind the eighth tee box and I'm filming Gary because Gary's my boy. And, you know, um, he's playing in a group with uh, Brant Snedeker and Joel Damon. And so I take a video of all three of them. They go play. I, I say, what up to Gary for a minute? And then mm -hmm. later that day, I get a DM from Joel Damon. And he's like, hey, my caddy recognized you behind the eighth green. He wanted to pull one of my wedges out and um, see see some of your cool tricks. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's so cool. No way. So, yeah, uh, it was funny. I, I didn't slide into Joel Damon's DMs. He slid into mine. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty I have smart. a funny story about Joel, too. So our boy Mike Mason from that area played in the Pro-Am with uh, Joel on Wednesday. Yeah. Mike got fitted with TaylorMade probably like over a year ago at this point and got his clubs and played like the last eight months with these things. <laughs> never was able to play consistent, always had problems with these things, but never was like, never like cared to like go figure out the reason why. Okay. So our buddy Colin Yost, who's Cobra CP, uh, CPG guy takes Mike under his wing. He's like, Hey dude, I'm going to bring you down to Carlsbad. Let's get you fitted. Let's get you some Cobra clubs. So he goes down there and he starts uh, hitting some balls and they're like, Hey, hit your clubs. Let's, let's you get some numbers up on the track, man. And yada, yada. And the guy's like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what are these clubs? And Yost is like, dude, I, 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 I don't know. He's like, I've hit these things. They're terrible. You know, he's like, they're like wedges, like, like <laughs> the mid, mid irons for like a wet, you know? And the, he's like, no, dude, these are women's clubs. He's like, these are all women's clubs. And like, they're just dying. Like, so they end up sending him completely the wrong clubs and he just takes them and plays them. He, <laughs> he, like, pay, he like paid for these clubs too. And so I, I DM Joel the night before and I was like, Hey dude, when you go to the first tee and you see Mike, you just have to like give him shit and ask him if he brought his ladies clubs with them to play. <laughs> and like, like dude, instantly oh. like Mike texts me, he's like, Fuck you, dude. I can't believe you told Joel that. <laughs> so that guy that's is just funny. a stud, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, it, it was cool. I've, I've actually never um, really had the opportunity. I've been to tournaments where he's played, but never had the opportunity to follow him. And um, 
man, it was impressive. He drained a fucking bomb on uh, seven. It's a tough par three. Pin was right in the front, but there's water and um, water just short left and bunkers protecting. Not really one you want to go for. Drains uh-huh. probably 25, 30 footer. And I was like, holy shit, this is my first Joel Damon you know, experience and shit. It was cool. It was, it was awesome. It was fun to watch. And, um, yeah, it was cool that his, his caddy follows me. I'll have to figure out who he is and say what up and thanks for the follow and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it it was a great tournament, man. They did a great job. The hospitality was awesome. Food was great. You know, everybody that put it on, it seemed like it was really well organized. Um, despite everything that's been going on in the world, you know, uh, IE COVID and, yeah, it was it was awesome. The fans were great. A lot of kids out there, which I thought was great, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it 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 was a really 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 good time. So I I'm all for the Barracuda. I don't think it should be as underrated as it is. Um, we're going to talk about that and buy or sell a little bit more. But I, I think it was a really great experience, and I love the stable for format. And I wish more courses would adopt that because I think it is it's pretty fun to watch. It really is. Yeah. So you had Van Ruin win. Um, Went extremely low, especially today. Did very well. And then as far as the WGC, you had Abe Answer finally come through and, and get the, yeah. the victory. And I'm representing my boy right now. I've got my hat right here. One step, everybody knows the rules. Tequila. There we go. There we go. But it's dude, an honor I, of Abe. I'm so stoked for him. Great dude. Um, he's been so close so many times to come over the top. is incredible. You know, I, I, he was one of my picks to maybe go and win the gold medal. See him come back from Japan and and win this event was incredible. Uh, you know, Harris English really had this event going into today, and he's been playing so yeah. well. Obviously, coming off a win a couple of weeks ago, just played like shit today. You had Bryson play like shit, shot a forty-one on the back. Um, oh, dude, you had Cam Smith right there on 18, tied for the lead and just balloons his drive into, like, nowhere land. And, I mean, I know it's probably not a buy or sell question, question, but, dude, like, what do you do in that situation? If Like, you look at that – I don't know if you watched the final round today, but, like, he had no shot whatsoever. I mean, no shot. He just had to punch up to that fairway and try to get up and down and – he tries to go for it, hits a fucking tree branch and it goes OB. It was just like, dude, like that meme or that comment, it's just like, just the word pain, you know, that was me today. Like when I was watching that, I was, I was just like, dude, our boy Cam, he's going to win this tournament. And he hits that tree. I'm like, dude, like hats off to the guy. Like, he's like, listen, I'm going to go hero mode here and try to hit the shot. And if I get through these, these trees, I'll get to the green or close to it. And I'll, make my par and go to the playoff, but right. But uh, you know, it's a similar situation as, is what Xander had on 18 in the Olympics, man. I mean, like he, he, there was, there was like a, a, a scoreboard that was kind of in his way, but there was still like the thought probably in his head that he could hit a low one with a little bit of draw and get it up there and then try to get up and down or, or maybe hit the green. But it's just like, dude, you get when, I, I mean, you can, these guys are amazing. If you can put it to a hundred yards, chances are they're probably going to make par. I mean, from a hundred yards, these guys mm-hmm. are that good. So yeah, I mean, tough. Yeah. Pain, pain. Man. Well, it's just weird though. He hit like a lot. I don't know what club he hit. They didn't say it on the broadcast, but it was a lofted club. So he was like trying to go over or almost through the tree. Mm-hmm. Whereas when the next shot, when he took a drop, the ball kind of went left on him and he ended up punching it up to about a hundred yards or so. 
So he, he hit two, three out, hit four, and he ended up making a six. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I just felt terrible for him, but gutsy, uh, gutsy call. But Abe came through, was victorious, which was, was pumped. You see, like, Mark Wahlberg, it looks like he's part of their tequila company, was, like, celebrating – uh, yeah. with Abe and stuff like that. So it's just cool to see, but dude, I, I worry for our boy Dale. It's like, we talked about this. I'm like, Abe gets a win or two on tour. Maybe has some success. Maybe he wins a major. Maybe he goes and wins the FedEx cup. I mean, who yeah. knows? What does that mean okay. for our boy, dude? Like, and, and, and real, real quick too. Like, why can he go and travel to fucking Tokyo, Japan and caddy for him in the Olympics, but he can't go to Memphis, Tennessee Right. And caddy for him in a PGA Tour event. I mean, are our rules that restrictive in the United States? Uh, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I haven't had to put myself in that situation, so I haven't educated myself on it. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks. I, I, I think that Dale's perfectly safe. I think that Abe um, wouldn't hold – I don't think really many players on tour would hold their a caddy accountable for – uh, wins and losses unless it's an absolute catastrophic mistake that the caddy made on the bag um i think abe himself knows that no matter who's on his bag he's going to get a win eventually you know what i mean and um i think it all comes down to you know who do you think you're more comfortable with on the bag who 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 you have a better relationship with who makes you more comfortable on the golf course who do you have a good system with and abe and and Dale have a very, very, very good system, and they get along well. They're like two polar opposites, and they just they just work well together. And you see them posting stuff on social media together and having fun. And um, I don't think that's something that's going to go away. Maybe one day. I mean, all things come to an end eventually. But I definitely don't think that this is their time for an end. Um, yeah. Dale is truly incredible, and I think they're an awesome team. And I think they're going to get a lot of wins together. It is a bummer um, that. Um, you know, he wasn't able to be there for that win because I, I would love to, um, you know, see Dale get a check. I really would. And, um, you know, and, and, and so he could put some more money into the business he's trying to start and, and everything he's doing with the pork missile stuff. So, you know, it, it, it's awesome, but it's also a little bit unfortunate. But I, I think Dale's safe. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think everything's going to be fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, dude, I'm stoked for him. I mean, I this is one of those things where it's like, could it open up the floodgates? Cause the guy's yeah, just 100%. that good. Right. So, you know, we're going into a stretch. We got the Wyndham next week. Then we go into the FedEx cup playoffs, got three events there. I mean, he brings that momentum into that. He skyrocketed up right. to the, uh, you know, pretty, he skyrocketed up pretty high for the, uh, um, FedEx cup standings now. So I think he's yeah. up to six, uh, Dude, I mean, he's been my pick in so many events. Like I think yeah, I mean, three or four different times Abe's been my pick. I mean, last um pod or, or maybe a pod before I said that I think um Abe would maybe be the kind of guy that wins a major before he wins on tour. And obviously that's not the case now, but I mean that's how good of a player I think he is. So I mean, great that he got his first one under his under his belt. We knew it was coming. It wasn't if yeah. it was win. I mean, the, the, he's he's literally amazing. He's got an incredible move through the golf ball. It was really cool seeing him do a little bit of content with Phil prior to the tournament, um, like where Phil was like standing behind him on the range and was like Phil approves of this move, and I was like, yeah. that's so sick. Like, because he's really he really is impressive, and I think um, 
I wouldn't want to call him underrated, but I think he is a little bit. You know, I don't think a lot of people are huge Abe Answer fans, but I've always been one, man. I mean, from yeah. the moment I started watching this guy play. So, you know, I, I'm so stoked. I think it's awesome. I think he's got a huge future. So, Phoenix yeah. Cup should be fun to watch, too. No, I'm excited for it. So, best of luck to him. I'm like, obviously, next week has got some major implications. There's some people in the bubble, including our boy. Ricky Fowler, who is Mr. 125 right now. And so that gets him in. But obviously, if he doesn't play next week or doesn't play well, he is going to have some problems. So I hope that he can uh, sneak his way in and make some noise in that first playoff event because he's going to have to do some things to to start the season off positively next year. So, but yeah, I mean, overall, dude, it's been fun. I've got a busy schedule leading up to, to next month. Um, Obviously, we've got the uh, the PGA Memes Challenge event going on at the end of the month, but I'm actually heading to Florida, going to go to Doral this week. So I'm going to go spend nice. a few days there and get some golf in because, dude, next month I'm going to Bandon, and I've got a lot of golf to play there. Got to play good, playing at Jason Day's Foundation event. So I just, you know, got to get my game sharp, dude. Don't want to embarrass myself, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share this with you real quick. This is like. A prize possession. Hold on a sec. We're holding. For those 2020, there was, a, there was a, a void here. It was just like the Open Championship. But I am. Oh, yeah. I remember this. The Bo Duggets, Bo Duggets Cup champion right here. So this, is, this trophy here is like actually legit like trophy that I bought in an Ireland golf shop. For those right. of you that can't see this, this trophy is probably about. 10 times larger than life replica of uh, Travis penis, about five inches. <laughs> 10. That's generous. Thank you. Thank you. No, but so I broke the shaft of my driver when I was in Ireland and I had to play two rounds with, with no driver. So I went into the shop and I saw this trophy sitting up and I'm like, who makes a trophy this nice? Like if you hold it, it's heavy. It's really like crafted well, but it's just tiny. And so when I saw it, I'm like, this is it. This is the trophy for our, our guys trip. And so I've always taken third place, like every year, like I'm third place. My buddy, John is like a five handicap. Um, my buddy, Steve is like a two. And I always play between like a eight and a 12. And so, but every time we've gone, I've played like crap. Like these are guys that I just can't, like, do you have anybody who you just can't play good with? Yeah. Like, Josh Kelly. Okay. Yeah. So like, there's these guys I just never can play good with. And finally, John, like I played some good rounds with John, um, but we go to Sand Valley and I just played fucking great, except for one hole, like through 17 holes. I'm on part, I'm on pace to, to break 80 at Sand Valley and I'm getting strokes from these guys. And then 18, I hit it into the bunkers on the left and which isn't a problem because it's a par five, but I just was in a bad place and I took me two to get out and I fucking just lost my mind. and I ended up making a 10 and (laughs) it put me in contention. I was still in contention, but I was way ahead, but I broke through. I was at mammoth dunes and at sand Valley ended up just making like two or three birdie. I made two birdies in a row. And then I made a third birdie, like two holes later broke away. I ended up winning this thing. So I get to defend the Bodaggets cup at Bandon dunes. So I'm stoked about that. So I gotta get my game in order. You but, played pretty um, well there last time, so I, I I think you're in good shape, dude. Yeah, I mean, I've been abandoned so much that I like know it pretty well to where I'll always go and shoot low to 
to mid eighties, but there's, you know, I got to, to win this thing, I got to like maybe play one round in the high seventies or something like that. So I think, uh, you know, sheep ranch is a short course. Hopefully I go out there. If it's like not bad weather or something like that, I can go out and play well, post a number and go from there, but I'll bring it home for us, boys. I'm going to do it. Nice. I'm going to do it. So, all right. Why don't you uh, take us over to the buyer or to the buyer sell segment and let's have some fun here. Yeah, my favorite segment, buy or sell. Let's go, boys. All right. I don't know if this should really be a, a, a legitimate question. Buy or sell. It feels like it should be one to me. Buy or sell. Should the Olympics be considered a major? Sell. sell. I'm gonna. Sell. I'm gonna sell. I had to think about it. I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell because it just shouldn't. I mean, I don't think that something should emer- emerge right now as a major, but I think history will count this very strongly. I I do. And, and I I think that's just going to be with player involvement and excitement. But I think like down the road when like Xander Shoffley, Justin Rose and whoever else can hoist a a gold medal or don a gold medal, whatever you want to say, you know, I think it's going to be, we're like, Hey, they're a three-time major champion, gold medalist golfer. You know, I think it's going to be one of those things that's naturally comes out. It's going to be something that, takes precedence. So I, I, I don't know that it's a major, but it's very, very important. So it's like, if it's not one, a it's one B. Yeah, I'll agree with you hundred percent. I really don't need to add much on that. I mean, it is, it is extremely prestigious. Um, and I think that it will be held, um, to a higher standard in the future. I can definitely see that happening. Um, but okay. Off the cuff, since the Olympics won't be a major, another one, and this, this is a good one, and I've thought about this. Buy or sell, there will be a fifth major eventually, or do you think we always stay at four? Uh, it's it's tough because I'm going to say sell because sell. it's tough. I think there should. I think the players should be a major. Yeah. I mean, that's I really do. Argument. And everyone always says they have a fifth major, yada, yada, and like the field is absolutely stacked. Yeah. And it's such a tough tournament, and it's so tough fun course. to watch, you know? And I, I love – I, I love the masters because it's the same venue every year. You like look forward to it. So as a fan, like, you know, the course, like obviously right. I've got to, I've got to go to the masters a couple of times and like walk the course. So I've seen it with my own two eyes and walked it and understand like the undulations and how challenging it really is. And the greens just look ridiculous. Right. But I love the fact that they go and play the same place every year. Yeah. I love I the that fact that awesome. some players have, that advantage because they have the experience, right. right and the knowledge. Right. And, and I, I think that'd be really cool with the players. It's like, you've got sawgrass, you earn your way to go in and play there. It's extremely challenging. They can make it even tougher if they wanted to, they can play it up or play it down. But the, the challenge that I, I see here and we can get your take is what do you do for the guys that like have built the game, the history of the game to where they are now? Do you award tiger woods, do you award Jack Nicholas? Do you award Ricky Fowler, you know, a major, like, do you go back? Because no, that's the tough part is like, all right. So now let's say like Colin Morikawa, like, I don't know what the future holds for him. I really don't no, I, like I don't, I right now. That. Yeah. But like right now he looks like he's going to freaking win a ton of majors. What if he wins four player championships and he wins, you know, 14 majors uh, outside of that. And he now has 18, like, you know, Jack will be long and dead by then. But like at the end of the day, it's like, 
you're going to have the keyboard warriors that are like, oh, well, Colin's not the GOAT because Jack won 18 majors and six players championships. So he's really the GOAT. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, it kind of skews history. Well, I, I don't think the GOAT should ever be. Um, I've always thought this. I don't think the GOAT should be determined by the amount of majors. I think it should be determined by the amount of wins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously having the most major champions or championships is 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 amazing and impressive, but I do not think that makes Jack the GOAT what so fucking ever. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, here's an argument. I don't think it's a strong argument, but I think that, okay, you know, take Torrey Pines, for example, right? That's a major championship golf course, but they also have the farmers there all the time, right? Sure. So what's the difference? The conditions, right? The conditions, maybe the field a little bit. Um, so what changes can be made to TPC Sawgrass to make it in major championship condition? How do you make that golf course harder? Do you grow out some of the rough in certain areas? Do you, what, what, what do you do? I mean, it's going to, that would be obviously tough because fescue is not really a natural, like a native you know, plant in that area, you know? So, I mean, you can make the golf course a little bit more difficult. Um, you can, you know, I think there's things they could do to make Sawgrass major championship worthy. It already kind of is right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the other, the other issue would be you would have to move it to a different time of the year, right? Because Augusta has to be the first major of the year has to be. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Which, I mean, I, 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 which I go back to my space, initial though. question: like, do I think there will be a fifth major in the future? I'm gonna buy. It. I think there will be. I think that, uh, it, and it could be fifty fucking years from now, and I'll be fucking kicking on your grave. You know, <laughs> I told you so, <laughs> told motherfucker. You, motherfucker. I told I you. Told you. <laughs> Here, I got. A, I got. Yeah. A, I got a flag from the fucking tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen. I guess you could, if you leave it that way, you're right. I mean, obviously, the future is forever. Yeah, I but think. I think it'll happen. I think the demand for it will be there. Maybe you know, you never in know, our but... lifetime or in the near future. I don't know. But if it were to be anything, I really hope it'd be like the players. I hope they don't yeah. make up some new fucking tournament that just comes out of thin air or something like that, where it's like the workday championship that's now the fifth major or something stupid. But players' yeah, no, championship no. just. I mean, there's so prestige. much history around around TBC Sawgrass too, which yeah, is a great yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. like I got to go there um, for the 40th anniversary of uh, their their facility opening, and it was just me with like three other guys that weren't social media guys. They were like from the media, like old media, you know. And then it was just like all the high ups from TPC Sawgrass, from the guy that that runs it to the guy that was there when they bought the property, and and uh, it, dude, it was like holy shit. I I got like to learn everything there was to learn about the history of TBC Sawgrass. And it was honestly so unbelievable. And I mean, they, they walked us through the stories of the place and kind of basically painted a picture in your head. And, and it was really, really, really cool. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, that, you know, should, should warrant it, it, you know, possibly becoming a major as well. You know, the fact that there's a lot of history there, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, it, it, I like your argument on that one and it is tough. So, all right. Um, I, I, we were kind of going to talk about this earlier um, in the first tee, but I'll ask it now. Buy or sell, do you think the Barracuda Championship is the most underrated event on tour? Oh, man. What are all the alternates? you got the Puerto Rico Open, and then you've got 
Is Barracuda only stable for Devent? Yes, I believe so. And I, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say bye because of that. I think that Stableford is just sick. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask earlier, and I I mean I don't think you know the answer to this, but if you were to take the play for this weekend and then just put it in stroke play, I wonder what the scores would be and and if it would change. Because like I started looking at that a little bit day by day to see like oh hey like Joel shot eight under, but he didn't score as much as this guy who shot six under. Right. You know, and I wonder if you change it to stroke play, like if it changes who won or how often that changes who won, which is interesting. I think it's cool. It's yeah. different. Um, it's fucking awesome. I, I would love to see like the best of the best play. And of course, like that with Stableford, because mm-hmm. I I think that the the tour needs a birdie fest every now and then. And what's funny is like you put the best players in the world out there. I don't know that they beat Van Ruin. I don't. I don't. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like dude, right. he played. He played so good this week. Like at the end of the day, like I'll go play a certain course. I, I mean, I haven't played that course, and I'm sure if I go play it, it doesn't mean I'm gonna go shoot in the 70s or anything like that. But at the end of the day, like I have gone and played some like easier tracks with some of my buddies that are far better than me and the variation of score is much less. Like we, we end up playing pretty much more neck to neck because it favors me more as like a lesser golfer than it does more of a skilled golfer. Um, I don't know if that's a little bit, you know, that goes into it. I doubt it, but at the end of the day, I don't know that if you put Rory out there or like DJ or anything like that, that they're going to go out and shoot and post like plus 53 or something like that and win the Barracuda championship. So I'm not taking anything away from those golfers who are out there. I think that I, I think the guy who won it this week would have probably won it with even a stronger field. He just played fucking lights out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, I, it goes back to that, the point of like, you know, the scoring system, it makes people want to go out and score. And it's not necessarily about what your, what your round total was. And I, I, I find that to be so damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I hate watching like the NBA all-star game. Like, I just think it's stupid. There's no defense, right? With golf, I think I, I love watching like birdie fests, like, because it doesn't matter. There's no like such thing as defense. I mean, there could be just like easy pin positions on every hole and stuff, but that's never going to be the case on PGA Tour. Like, even Phil, Phil, when he went and won on the senior tour, one of his remarks that he made was that it felt like playing a Saturday round at his home club where the pins weren't really that dangerous and the course wasn't that hard, you know? Right. I don't think that the less, the least PGA tour events like out there are like that. I think that's more of like a senior tour setup and I love to see it. I mean, dude, like we could go out and play the tips from the easiest PGA tour course, easy, easiest PGA tour setup. And we're not going to go out there and shoot, you know, our personal best round. We're just not going to do it. You know, and yeah. these guys going out and firing off 62, 63. It's just fun to watch, man, because it yeah. just gets you excited. It kind of hypes you up, even though it's not you swinging the club, even it's not, it's not you making the putts. It kind of just gets you excited and makes you want to go out there and fire at pins when you go play your weekly round with your boys or something like that, even though you're going to fucking shank it or hit in the sand or whatever you're going to go do. But it just, it's fun to watch. It's just different than any sport. So I, I encourage more of it yeah. and I'd love to see, you know, more tournaments with big names like it in the right. future. 
Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll buy as well. I mean, just because of the fact that it is Stableford, that does make it underrated. Like, I don't think a Stableford event should be an alternate event. I think that's something that should be heavily advertised, and they need to be getting guys in the field um, to come out there and try to go plus fifty. You know, like I I, yeah. I, I think that's that's so sick and and um, yeah, it was cool being there, man. I have a new appreciation for it. So. I would love for them to, to get some more traction there and get the field going. I think the field, a lot of people, a lot of the locals said they had the best field that they've had um, in a while, which is great. You know, there was a couple of good names out there. John Daly was out there. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he shot two, awesome. two under. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I dude, maybe, maybe the fifth major stable Sableford. How sick would that be? Yeah. We, we talked about that. I think before, like having like a major with like a different format or something I'd like that'd mm-hmm. be kind of wild. That'd be, that'd cool. be dope. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping smiley would make it as an alternate or something because yeah. the best, the best memes I've ever made are like when someone goes out and shoots like 10 under or like 14 under and, but it's stable for <laughs> so, yeah. so like the score on paper looks amazing. Like but, it's, winning. <laughs> but it's but it's actually last place so i was right. hoping and praying for something like that to happen but unfortunately yeah. he didn't he didn't make it so yeah all right we'll do we'll do one more this one's kind of like uh has nothing to do with what's going on but kind of has to do with my trip i mean i played a lot of golf all over the world played in europe played in you know exotic islands bermuda all over the the states and um you know i I try to kind of figure out what my favorite type of golf is, not in terms of course design, but in terms of landscape. So I have, I have buy or sell mountain golf is better over ocean golf or Valley golf. Um, okay. Or like a flat open link style course. I, I love mountain golf. So buy or sell mountain golf is the best golf. I, I say this because I was kind of in the mountains, you know, we were at elevation in, in Truckee and dude, mm-hmm. when I'm in that environment, it kind of reminds me of home a little bit. And I just find it to be so insanely fun playing in elevation. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy. Uh, so I'm, I, I spent a good time in my life in Utah, even though when I lived there, I wasn't a golfer, but I've gone back now and had a chance to go play golf there, play golf in Colorado. Um, it's incredible. I mean, I, I always love the mountains. Like when you go into like Salt Lake city and you're driving up, you know, you, you look at the Wasatch front and you look at it almost like you look at this, the New York city skyline. It's just incredible. But to go and play a golf course, that's kind of carved out of those mountains and you can see your ball flight perfectly. So I have a hard time following my ball. So mm-hmm. if I hit a shot, a lot of times I have a hard time following it. I don't have terrible vision. I just, just, you know, but if I'm in the mountains, like you can see your ball flight perfectly, the ball flies farther, which is always a benefit for me, not being a long oh hitter. Awesome. Yeah. And it's just fun, dude. And if you can play a course that's linksy and mountain, it's like ultimate, but there's also some of these courses that have mountains and ocean. Like my wow. favorite course of all time is Royal County down and you have mountains, you have ocean, you have links. It's fucking the best course of all time, which links golf. golf. Yeah. Links golf's my favorite golf. I love the mountain scenery. I love the ocean scenery, Royal County down. I mean, you're going to freaking blow your load on the ninth uh, tee box when you get the whole view in there. It's just incredible, but I'm going to buy all day, dude. I, I ocean courses, like to me, the c- scenery is great. I'm going to want to go take a picture, you know, 
you know, post it on the gram or do whatever, but like I, the, the breeze is terrible. Um, it seems like a lot of times we go play some of the best courses. You've got 30 mile per hour winds. They're fierce and it's always cool to go play in the elements and you're not going to complain about it because you're, you're playing golf in a dope area and an awesome course, but you don't really have that in the mountains. Like you're kind of like, you know, surrounded to where the winds aren't really going to be the factor or anything like that. So I'm buying all day. Mountain golf is the best. Yeah. I'm going to buy as well. Mountain golf is simply amazing. Um, you know, there's nothing like being on a golf course and feeling as small as an ant. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's such a cool feeling. You know, I, when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm, I'm seeing people hit golf balls, if I see an ocean in in the background or to the side, I'm not like, Oh wow, look, that course is on the beach. So fucking sick. But when I see just a rock wall that is three miles away, but it's taking up the full frame of the post, you're just like, damn, Mm -hmm. could you imagine playing in that? You know, like the first course that comes to mind is like, um, Banff Springs up there in like the Alberta area. And like, I, that's like my number one bucket list place I want to go because there's some just extremely beautiful golf holes and it's so picturesque. And I mean, that, that's, that's awesome to me. I think it's so cool. So we played this course uh, this week called Coyote Moon and apparently it wasn't even designed by a golf course designer. It was designed by, I guess the guy that owns the property or whatever. And but the course was amazing and the way that it just kind of rolled throughout the landscape and, and felt very natural was awesome. And then you've got the wildlife as well. I mean, we, there was these huge deer, like huge bucks. And then there's co- actual coyotes on the 17th tee. We saw coyotes and it's just like, that's cool. You're playing coyote moon, you're in the mountains and there's fucking coyotes. That's awesome. You yeah. know, and, and it was just a, a really cool experience and, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to that area and playing more golf like that, you know, but I, I love mountain golf. You know, I've played, um, in on the islands, I've played in Bahamas and Bermuda. I played the ocean course in Kiowa and yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's cool playing on the ocean. I think it's, it's awesome, but man, mountain golf through and through it's the best. So yeah. Yeah. Listen, I love all golf, all golf. I mean, I'll go play on a goat track and still find a way to have a good time, but yeah. mountain golf is just special. And I haven't really even got to experience the best of it. I mean, I've seen some incredible courses up in Canada. I know there's even some better ones in Utah, Idaho, Montana. I mean, dude, where they played the match. I mean, how fucking beautiful was that? I mean, just insane. I'd love to go up and play there in Montana. I want to go up and play in Coeur d'Alene uh, with that floating green. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's so many areas that of the country. Dude, let's make that happen. Like we, yeah, it's... I, that is one course that I was uh, talking about this week. We were talking about it specifically because one of the golf courses I was playing, a plane was coming from Coeur d'Alene and it mm-hmm. literally crashed off of the second hole like five days ago. Maybe it was called Ponderosa golf course. The second hole, a plane from wow. Coeur d'Alene crashed there. Six people died. Terrible, tragic. Um, but it was wild to see off the side of a golf course, dude, all the trees burn up and everything was crazy. But yeah, Coeur yeah, let's go play. Yeah. All right. On that note, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe we go up to Coeur d'Alene, go play, and then make the trek over to Seattle and go play Chambers Bay or something like that. It'd be fun. Dude, that, that would be awesome. That would be cool. Good, good little trip. Um, yeah, dude, I, there's so many great courses in this world that, you know, you got to go play, but mountain golf, if you haven't experienced it, the ball is just going to fly a mile. It's just an, an incredible. I, I, there's cool. a course in Utah that's at Thanksgiving point. I think it has like a 700 something yard par five. And I remember playing there, um, like 
shoot, it's been like 10 years ago now, but I remember playing there. I'm like, what? Like, dude, this is going to be insane. Like, how am I going to get to this, this hole in three shots, you know? And you just do, you know, like, I'm not a big hitter. And I got to the front of the green is where I ended up being. It was like 700 and something yards. And I'm like, okay, like if I can get there pretty much in three shots and make a par on seven, like, why can't I do that on the 495 or 515 yard par fives, regular courses, the ball just flies, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I, it's fun. I grew up in a, in a decent amount of elevation, you know, in the Appalachian mountains, but really nothing too crazy. I didn't really see many effects on ball flight, but dude, up there, I mean, uh, in the Truckee area and even in Reno going into Truckee, I mean, you're, you're at like 5,000, 6,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get up to Truckee even more, but, um, yeah, I mean, we had this, uh, we played this course called Lake Ridge. We had a, a par, uh, par three, it was 240 to the middle of the green. Um, and it was playing like one, one sixty five. I mean, that's insane. It wasn't yeah. even like dra- drastically downwind. It was just so, it was such a drop, but you're also at elevation. The ball's flying so much more. I mean, to calculate it was like fucking where's Bryson. Let me get some help. I need to do some <laughs> science, but yeah, it, it, it was wild. It, it was crazy. I had a 430 yard par four, not even really downwind, barely down or downhill and, uh, had 30 yards left. 400 yard drive. I was like, what wow. is happening? What is happening? Didn't even hit it good. And I was, this you, is on, this. Did you, did you make a five? No, mid bird. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, just telling yeah. you what I would have done, you know? No, nah, you're a beast. You're going to do well in band and, and then, uh, you're, you're getting, you're getting, your game's pretty good. You're a sneaky, good player and you're sneaky, consistent. I like the wedges and putter are back, dude. Today I made, uh, three birdies and I made them in like, five holes so they they it came in a bunch and uh it's coming back dude so the game's coming back i'm, I'm getting back into the, the grind of things so good well not hitting not hitting as many balls ob hopefully and speaking of ob let's let's head into our out of bounds segment travis didn't even expect to us, us to have an out of bounds segment today but we've got one Four! and i had to bring this up and i'm so shocked we haven't brought it up this whole fucking episode but let's talk about siwoo fucking kim is that the worst par three score in the history of pga tour like yeah well it, so it, i, I it, didn't know that it, put on blast like way too hard on social media i feel like like jesus christ show the guy a little fucking respect they yeah, were like i mean so uh, the, the pga tours post was a little aggressive uh, but i mean it was it was actually way aggressive but the fact that he he commented and just owned it was incredible and i've heard this of him is that he's just a really funny guy with good personality and stuff and i didn't know that was the record but him and uh Kevin Na flew back, or I think they're probably flying to the Wyndham together. It's not the record, I'll tell you that. I we're going to talk about this here, but continue. At least they said it was on Kevin's post. He said that's the highest score in PGA Tour history on a par three. Oh, and on then, a par three. And then Kevin holds the record for the highest num highest score on a par four. So and what so, was it? It was ten over, right? Yeah. So he shot a thirteen, and Kevin shot a fourteen. And so on the on the plane. Siwoo is holding up three and Kevin's holding up four as you know, they both hold the record, which I thought was fucking cool. It was like one of the best posts, like Kevin Noss got this sneaky, just awesome dry humor, like personality. He's just one of the best fucking guys on tour. So yeah. I love that post. That was hilarious. Um, 
but yeah, dude, like, first of all, when I saw that video, I was like, damn, PGA tour is going hard on this guy. Yeah. And then I, but I watched the video where they showed all the tra- shot tracers and I'm like, what the fuck was this guy doing? It's like not even that hard of a hole, I know. but the pin was like tucked in the back. Right. So obviously this guy's just going straight for the, the pin, but he went in the water like four times mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, like, I, I don't know. I was, it was painful, but What's crazy is that he goes and he, I think he made like four birdies after that to close out that nine and still yeah. shot like a 43. Like, like, dude, 43 is a pretty normal number for me to shoot on a nine. I never have a 13 on that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I have a chance. Yeah. Well, first of all, most amateurs are probably going to pick up after they shoot double par, right? They're going to like yeah. just put me down for a six. Yeah. yeah. And true. And I, 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 I'm victim of that too. Like, I mean, I'm guilty of that. I mean, but everybody a lot of times podcast is a victim of that. Yes, they are. But it also depends on who you're playing with. So like the guys who are going abandoned with, we don't do that when we play together. Like we, right. we, we play the numbers. So if I shot a 27 on a hole, I'm going to write down a 27. Like, and that's, and it's, it's painful, but it's actually kind of funny uh, when you throw up a number that's in double digits, but dude, that's insane though to throw 13 on that number on that hole. I it's just painful. Yeah, it's rough, man. I mean, like, what do you even say? Like, it, it's nerves, I guess. It's gotta be, but like, why? It's the fucking St. Jude. You know? I don't think it's I don't think it's nerves. I think it's just frustration. You think, that he, you think he technically, like mechanically had something going on that he couldn't figure out? Or do you think he just snapped mentally? I think mentally he was like, dude. I'm going for this pen. I think he had a 10 cup moment where he's like, this pen does not own me. Like I'm going for this pen. I've got this shot. I got this number, but he just couldn't do it. And like, dude, some of his misses weren't like, you know, like, you know, at sawgrass when you hit the back of the green and yeah, it looks I mean, like it's not it bad and it just pops off or whatever. Like these weren't that these were like straight into the water shots. So, right. so that's, that's my question. It's like, what the fuck was going on between the ears? I mean, holy <laughs> no. shit. Holy I don't shit. think Siwoo... I don't he's think He's probably Siwu thinking about can... his military service coming up or whatever. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I wish we could have him on the pod talk, but I don't, there'd be a little bit of a language barrier there <laughs> to, like, communicate thoroughly. But, dude, but yeah, pretty I mean, like, While we're talking about um, these, you know, extremely high scores, so you had Kevin Nas, uh, 16 on the par four ninth at TPC San Antonio during the mm-hmm. Bolero, which is, you know, gnarly, the ball ricocheted off a tree and hit him. Like that sucks, <laughs> you know, but like, what yeah, are you going to yeah. do? It's not the same situation. And then you've got, um, so here's, here's something from golf digest. They reported that Gary McCord carded a 16 on the par three 16th at colonial, but it doesn't say when it happened and PJ tour.com doesn't, didn't mention it in any article. Hmm. So, I mean, it happens, I guess, you know, that's, that's a pro losing their mind. I mean, there's no, there's no reason behind that because listen, if you hit one in the water, right, you're going to retee or drop hitting three. Okay. And then let's say you just pissed and you hit a second one in the water, you're going to drop and you're going to be hitting five. And at that point you're kind of, I think the, Oh, fuck factor comes into play where you're just like, all right, let me just hit this and get up and down. For you're talking six. to a guy that, that put two in a row in the drink <laughs> on 17 on Instagram live. 
I watched that, it. That is fucking pressure. Yeah, we weren't we weren't we weren't very close back then either. And I like I like was watching you live because you were like hyping it up, and I was like, oh my god, dude, I was fucking laughing my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, like, but you Fuck. wouldn't put you wouldn't put four or five in the water though. Like you like no, at I that put, point. I, I put what well, I put my uh, third ball on the green, so I went one in, dropped two, hit three, three and drop four, hit five. I hit five on and two putted mid seven. <laughs> See, I think that's the worst approach to make if they're pissed, because like I think at the third at the, the third shot, you're kind of like, dude, just take a deep breath, half swing, get it on the fucking green, two putt at, at the worst, and get out of here. Because if you hit your third in the water, like here's the deal, you're, the ball's gonna look super small, and you're just like your your mind is fried at that point. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's what happened to him. And then the third, fourth one was just like didn't even know what he was doing. Like he just blacked out. But but at the same time, which is crazy, is like then he makes four birdies like after that, like. Hats off. I mean, most people, I yeah. think Wills, I think Wills would be off and he'd just be pissed off the rest of the round. But, you know, these guys are playing for a lot of money. So maybe those four birdies help make him like an extra 30 grand or something like that. And that's what they look at. Well, I mean, fuck. That's brutal. But I mean, there's, there's, there's no excuse. Uh, I, I, you got to You got to get it together. I mean, you're the best, you're the best players in the world. You got to get together. All right. So, so they- so Go Kevin ahead. was on Kevin was on this podcast last year. And what was funny is we talked about this, this hole at TPC San Antonio. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, they're not going to be playing this event, this WGC event in Memphis again. I guess this is the last time they're playing it there. That's fine by me because Memphis is not a great city. Dude, Memphis, I'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast so from Memphis, but so that is sorry. the biggest shithole in the fucking country. Oh my country. god. Like you get dude, you get in a bad mood when you land in the fucking airport. It's not dude, dude. We oh. drove through there on the way home and I had like my family in the car. And it took us this path and I was like we're going <laughs> to die. Like this is fucking like we're going to die. <laughs> Like it was so bad. I, I couldn't believe I was in the United States of America. Like I couldn't even believe it. I was like, this Dude. is so bad. But anyways, so yeah, I don't know why, where they're going, but it's probably a good, good move by the PJ tour. But oh my God. what was cool I with hope. that story with Kevin was the tournament. He, I don't think he was going to go back, but he said, so I think on the podcast, he's like, I'm not going to go back. And you know, he's like, fuck that place. Bad yeah. memories, demons, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But like the tournament director got in touch with him and was like, we, we want you to come back. And Kevin's like, why? And he's like, if we let you come back or if you come back, we'll let you chop down that tree or something like that. We'll give you a, a chainsaw and we'll let you take to that tree. And he's like, done. Fuck and so yeah. like, yeah. So there's like a video, I guess that's out there. I think you probably get on YouTube, but anyways, he goes out there and like talks through that whole story about how he made a 16, everything that happened. Cause it was, it wasn't like terrible golf shots. I mean, this was just like no, bad just break like after bad break. And, you know, yeah, yeah. And every other hole he was making pars and birdies, but um, he got to take a chainsaw to that tree and like had some fun with it and stuff. There's like a whole video around it. I don't know if it was like PJ tour or if it was scratch, but the whole video around it. So it'd be cool if like something was done with Siwoo Kim but we'll never be able to see because they're moving on from Memphis. Yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll just we'll just 
get rid of the water and we'll we'll, we'll dry it up for you. <laughs> they should let they should have, they should give Siwu uh, a scuba diving outfit and let him go dive for his balls. <laughs> uh, they, need to, they need to put a plaque for the drop zone. <laughs> I'm gonna actually when we get off this podcast, I'm gonna make a meme and put Siwu's face on a one of those scuba divers that is retrieving golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's plenty of good memes that could be made about that, but yeah, I mean, I dude, it, it's crazy. I mean, and then there's, there's two more. Um, it, this is a golf week, uh, USA today, uh, article I was looking at, but there was like an 18 over par from Tommy armor, um, is on record with a 23 on a par five. At Sean at the nineteen twenty seven Shawnee Open, what? Yeah, unreal. Ironically, it's the same year he beat Bobby Jones to win his only U.S. Open. Wow, that's gnarly. And then there's a nineteen over par, the single worst uh, score in golf of all time on the PGA Tour. At least, uh, let's see, it's it's Ray Ainsley twenty three on a par four at the par four 16th at cherry hills during the 1938 us open hmm. so you've got you've got a, a 23 on a par four that's 19 over par during a us open holy fuck could you imagine wow. how i wouldn't have a, a single golf club intact in my fucking bag after yeah that well that was see what was common it's like i still i finished the round 14 clubs which was awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's that's pretty funny so yeah i mean shit it's it's funny, man. It happens, you know, like I, I will say, you know, I've, I've, I've had some, um, amazing rounds of golf going I, you know, I think a, a little bit over a month ago, I was playing at my course and, mm-hmm. uh, hole number two at the Ritz Carlton Orlando. It's actually a sneaky, tough old tee shot wide open. Um, but then going into the green, you got bunkers all along the right. The green's very long and narrow and you got water, um, and like a false side kind of to the left towards the water. And if you hit it in the bunker, on the right, you have a very intimidating um, bunker shot going towards the water. And sure enough, I put it in the fucking water. Um, or no, I, I leave it in the bunker two times. Then I put it in the water. And then I take my drop and get up and down. And it was just <laughs> like, and I went birdie. I had like a birdie, then an eight, then a birdie, birdie, birdie. And I was wow. one over through. It was, un- it was unbelievable. It's crazy how that happens. And it's just, it's it's very humanizing to see that happen to the guys on tour. But yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, not- it's, it's fun to see though. I mean, at the end of the day, like you see every time that happens, <clears throat> it goes viral. I mean, because the, the they golf did world. Go, they did go a little hard on poor Siwoo though. They did. They did. And I don't know if anything will come of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, come on. Like. That's pretty bad. Like, you know, someone who gets a score like that is hot. They're pissed off. And then to just post that, it's like, wow. Like, I don't know that they do that to somebody else, like a bigger, a bigger name. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think so. I mean, it's funny. Like, I literally am scrolling through my phone and (laughs) Peyton Manning, (laughs) Peyton Manning Hall of Fame trophy is pretty bad. Um, But I'm seeing like, like uh, tons of this Siwoo shit. I like see it nonstop. Yeah. It's like damn. Like let's talk about the winners, you know. But hey, we gotta get we gotta get um 
I think what we need to do is we need to get some guests on um, coming up for these next couple pods. We'd love to get Abe on. I think we could easily get Abe on. It'd be great to talk with him. It would be great to kind of get Abe on and Dale on at the same time and also talk about maybe their Olympic experience, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, um, I think we've got a couple of guests lined up. Uh, It would be nice to get Nelly on as well, talk about her Olympic experience and I just think that's so cool, and you know it only happens um, every four years, obviously. And to get uh, their takes on it while it's fresh, I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be yeah, I think we'll be able to get Nelly on for sure. And like, cool. I, you know, I think we can get a few of these Olympic people on. But let's uh, let's just keep grinding, dude. FedEx Cup playoffs is around the corner, and yeah. you know, hey, for anyone who's still listening, I know we're deep into the podcast. It is Ryan's birthday tomorrow. This episode uh, probably won't air until Tuesday, so it'll be the day after his birthday. But Make sure My birthday is in uh, 25 minutes. Yeah. Make sure, to send him, make sure to send him a dick pic in his DMs. He really likes those a lot. So If I get a dick pic in my DMs, I'll, I'll be stoked. That means that our followers actually <laughs> listen to us, which is cool. So I, I welcome all the You'll dick pics. You'll be stoked. Quote of the Bring year. Bring them on. Bring them on. I'll share go. them on my story. It'll be great. How's this look, by the way? Let's oh, nice, nice. Here we go. Nice. Working on a meme right now, everybody. Nice. Very good Siwoo Kim uh, meme. You'll probably see it before you hear the pod, but um, <laughs> he was making it during this podcast. That That is fucking a multi... That is that is a fucking businessman right there. Getting Absolutely, shit done nonstop. Man. Just got to get going. So. I love it. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to share and uh, share this podcast. Like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you need to do. We need to get yeah, this podcast sh- up share and some, going. Share some fucking pictures on uh, your Instagram stories, guys, of you like in the car. Take a little screenshot of your little screen uh, showing that you're listening to Shane Kaplan's podcast. Anything, you sc- uh, someone take a picture of your phone uh, while you're listening on Spotify or on uh, iTunes and and uh, tag us, and we'll throw it up on uh, not only the Shane Kappen's, uh Instagram story, but on our personal stories as well. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we love we love seeing it. We get pictures from our friends all the time, um, showing that they're listening to the pod, and we really appreciate that. And, yeah, you don't know. Like honestly, if you post something, the legend himself, Coach Mustard, might follow you back. My my personal oh. page, Parking Lot Pro. All right, got one, let's do this. We got a, we this. got a new follower this this week on Parking Lot Pro. Uh, the Coach underscore Rusty. I was pretty excited about that. So yeah, I, I I didn't know that that was different from your other Instagram that I won't name. But yeah, <laughs> I know I, I did not know that I was not following. Okay, but yeah, we'll do that. If you guys uh, share uh, a story on Instagram of you listening to the Shane Kappen's podcast, we will give you a follow back. Absolutely. I mean, dude, that would be awesome. It's, that's Love nothing it. for us. So we would we would appreciate it very much, and uh, we appreciate you guys' time. And hopefully, you enjoyed the episode. And until next time, Travis, I'm gonna go play some Flight Simulator and uh, <laughs> finish my tequila and. Congrats to hey. Abe and yeah. To Abe. Hoist Dave. that trophy, buddy. Ho- hoist it. All right, Salute. buddy. Happy birthday tomorrow, man. Have a good one. I'll chat with Appreciate you soon. It. All, All right, right see you.